0: This show is made possible entirely by the support of the listeners. To see what you can do to help, check out the support box at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast, with clips today from The Daily Show, The Young Turks, Countdown with Keith Olbermann, The Colbert Report, The Tom Hartman Program, The Onion Radio News, and Rachel Maddow. The bonus clip today for our iPhone app users is another great video from Tom Hartman.
1: 1st let's get to the big news while we were away uh last week president barack obama's health care reform uh bill became a law and uh that was uh oh, oh. Mm. all right we'll see who's cheering in the death camps that's he's not he's not really doing that as you know, though, the rhetoric of healthcare reform opponents did become somewhat, uh, intemperate. We're about 24 hours from, from Armadid. We need to defeat these bastards. Don't retreat, instead reload. We
2: need to wipe them out.
1: Let's
3: beat that other side to a pulp. Let's take them out, let's chase them down. There's going to be a reckoning.
1: And pitchfork, and torch, and rope. <laughs> And scene. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Of course, that's just, you know, a little bit of the talky-talk to rev up the base. Now the bill's passed. Law of the land. fate accompli. Done deal. sure that's a natural coolant. Shattered
4: glass in the offices of Arizona's Gabrielle Giffords. Death threats directed at
1: Congressman Bart Stupak.
4: The office of Democratic Congressman Anthony Weiner. It received an envelope containing a suspicious white powder and a letter referring to the health care vote.
1: Okay, that last one is a huge misunderstanding. Uh, (laughs) I actually know Anthony Weiner, Congressman's a friend of mine, and that white powder that was sent to his office (laughs) was merely a lot of cocaine that I had shipped to him, (laughs) per his request, uh, so that he could sell it. (laughs) Or use it to get prostitutes. (laughs) What? I, what? So hopefully that clears that up, and this will be the last we'll be hearing about it. Now, what? It may sound like there is a connection between the violent rhetoric concerning the health care bill vote and the violence that followed the passage of the health care bill. But that is only because your ears are so stupid.
5: When I talk about it's not a time to retreat, it's a time to reload. Now, media, try to get this right, okay? That's not a- What's that? That is doing is trying to inspire people to get involved in their local elections. You see?
1: <laughs> She's an inspiring leader. Sarah Palin has a dream. And in that dream, you have a gun. But <laughs> that isn't to say that the violence isn't connected to something. The Democratic leadership
6: has to take some real responsibility for having behaved such arrogance. When you use
4: totalitarian
6: tactics, uh, people. Uh, You know, begin to act crazy. When Nancy Pelosi (laughs) went through those Tea Partiers, (laughs) it was like uh, the march through Skokie, Illinois by the Nazis. It was deliberately provocative. Democrats who did this,
4: who
1: sort of ran this down our throats, Uh, what did they expect? Yeah, Pelosi, you were wearing your Speaker of the House pin. You were asking for it. (laughs) Who does she think she is walking to work?
6: there is a new harris poll and it has some devastating numbers uh... they asked republicans about their attitudes they also uh... Polled some non-republicans as well let's start with the most benign and go to the craziest So, what percentage of republicans believe that obama is a socialist well you know this is going to be a high number and it turns out it's two-thirds sixty-seven percent of republicans believe that obama is just a flat-out socialist in fact forty percent of all americans overall believe that obama's a socialist That's mental okay if he was a socialist in health care you think he might have done a single-payer i mean a real socialist we're talking about socializing the doctors or the hospitals no one's that's not even has never been discussed let alone if you want to socialize insurance you might want to go with single-payer that was never discussed he, did, he actively killed the public option which for a real socialist is a joke. It's a joke compromise. All right, so the guy is nowhere near socialism, but an overwhelming two thirds of Republicans think that he is. But we're just getting warmed up. That's no problem at all. Uh, fact number two um, 45% of Republicans agree with the birthers in their belief that Obama was, quote, not born in the United States and so is not eligible to be president of the United States. 45% of republicans believe that obama is lying and the whole media is lying everybody's lying in fact obama not born in the us and shouldn't be president 25% of americans overall think that how effective is fox news channel i mean this stuff comes straight out of fox news that's the pipeline and it gets fed and it never gets challenged but effectively enough apparently by others so it takes hold you think that's crazy we're just getting warmed up Fifty-seven percent of Republicans believe that Obama is a Muslim. How could they think that Obama is a Muslim, and at the same time they blame him for sitting in Reverend Wright's church for 20 years? So he's the wrong kind of Christian, and he's a Muslim. Fifty-seven percent of Republicans believe that, but we're just getting warmed up. Fact number four. Twenty-four percent of Republicans believe that Obama might, quote, be the antichrist. Now, to be fair, they said he may be the antichrist. Are they not merciful? Twenty-four percent. Look, that, I mean, you have to be crazy enough, first of all, to believe that there is an antichrist. There's going to be, a, literally, a devilish figure coming. <laughs> I will take over the world. Okay, and then that is... Barack Obama, I mean, these guys are dangerous, because think about that for a second. If a quarter of all Republicans in the country think that Obama is the antichrist who's come here to destroy the world, you think that they might not take some physical action against them after being encouraged by all of their media? Oh, I don't know. You care about this country and our freedom and, you know, and your family and your, well, you might want to do something. If a quarter of them think he's the antichrist, that makes me really worried. But I'm not done yet. There's fact number five from this new Harris poll. Thirty-eight percent of Republicans believe that Obama is, quote, doing many of the things that Hitler did. Really? Many of the things Hitler did? What? Like the gypsies, the Poles, the Jews, he's rounded them all of them up. He's inv- invaded uh the Czech Republic. What what do you mean, many of the things? thirty eight percent of republicans believe that obama's doing many of the things hitler did that's such a huge number twenty Repo- percent of all americans a fifth of the country believe that obama's like Hitler. that's mental and yet you know fox news and the right wing media they call the media liberal liberal are you kidding me liberals it, this media is so pathetically conservative they let Fox News Channel run amok and put this poison in the minds of Americans, and instead of challenging that in any way, shape, or form in any other part of the media outside of us, they all go along. And so American people believe things that are not only not patently untrue, but nowhere within the realm of, uh, of reality, anything even remotely related to the facts of the truth. Uh, it's unimaginable the things that they believe. Uh, this country's in a lot of trouble, man. I mean, the, the Republican Party has become the party of lunatics. And what are you going to do with a party of lunatics, especially if they lose elections? If they win elections, you're in a lot of trouble because then they implement policy, and that's the disaster we had for eight years with Bush and Cheney. They crashed the economy. We we are up to ten percent unemployment. They leave a gigantic deficit behind, two wars behind, one which they should have never started in the first place. But if they're not in charge, and they don't win politically, they grab their guns. God help us all. If there is a God, may He help us all. Look at
7: the hate breeding. Look at the When. He-
8: Two inescapable tenants of the modern Republican Party, Nancy Pelosi, devil, Fox News, God. In our number one story, Republican Senator Tom Coburn bucked his party's uh, talking points and leveled with the crowd at an Oklahoma City town hall meeting last week. According to Coburn, Nancy Pelosi is nice. And Fox News can be biased and uses its own set of facts. And one conservative columnist says Republicans thought Fox worked for them but have discovered to their horror that they work for Fox. First, the Coburn Town Hall event was held on March 31st. The website Capital News Connection uncovered the relevant audio clips, which happened to have been recorded by an Oklahoma NPR station. During the hour-long meeting with Coburn, a woman complained to the senator about the unconstitutionality, in her opinion, of the new health care reform laws. The woman was worried she would go to jail for not buying health care insurance. Coburn was put in the position of defending the health care law he voted against because of the Fox News misinformation campaign.
9: If they can put us in prison. Take away our prison. Take away our liberty. Are they not trampling on our Fifth Amendment rights by putting it under the IRS?
10: The intention is not to put anybody in jail. That makes for good TV news on Fox, but that isn't the intention.
8: Coburn went on to discuss his position on letting unemployment benefits expire for hundreds of thousands of Americans. He placed the blame on that for, uh, for on Nancy Pelosi, but he also reserved some kind words for the Speaker of the House to the amazement
10: of the crowd. I'm 180 degrees in opposition to the speaker. She's a nice lady. I don't think we can wait. Come on now. She is a nice... How many of you all have met her? She's a nice person. Just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean they're not a good person. What we have to have is make sure we have a debate in this country so that you can see what's going on and make the determination yourself. So don't catch yourself being biased by Fox News that somebody's no good. The people in Washington are good. They just don't know what they don't know. Senator Coburn would end this gathering by imploring his
8: constituents to consider various sources for their information, not just right-wing media. He then appeared to suggest that what Fox News was doing was, in fact, bad for America.
10: I want to tell you, I, I do a lot of reading every day. And I'm disturbed that we get things like what this lady said and others have said on other issues that are so disconnected to what I know to be the facts. And that comes from somebody that has an agenda that's other than the best interest of our country.
6: If you're going to lead my country If you're going to say
7: it's free I'm going to need a little honesty
4: of cults, Scientology. <laughs> Anderson Cooper is doing a special all this week called Scientology, A History of Violence, where he's airing the scurrilous allegations made by ex-members of Scientology's elite, Sea Org, like Marty Rathbun, seen here before eating spaghetti, <laughs> who say they were physically abused by Scientology leader David Miscavige.
1: Jim? Jim? Battered my face and then shoved me down on the floor. The next thing I knew, I'm being smacked in the face and knocked down on the ground.
5: He grabs Mike around the neck.
1: He smashed Mike's head against this cherry wood, uh, wall.
4: And if he was really angry, he made them watch Battlefield Earth. (laughs) Now, folks, these revelations have shocked the world except the Catholic Church, who are just grateful it's not about them. (laughs) Luckily, luckily, Scientology knows how to handle members who turn against them. The man's bitter, he's an apostate, he's defrocked, he's out, he's not a Scientologist, he never, ever, ever will be a Scientologist again. Eric Idle is right. (laughs) You criticize the organization and you are out, because nobody maintains order like Scientologists except Republicans. <laughs> you talk smack about these guys, and you are persona non grata at every bondage-themed strip club in Hollywood. <laughs> now, just take... Just take former Reagan domestic policy advisor Bruce Bartlett. In 2005, he wrote a book critical of George W. Bush, and according to Bartlett, and the years since, I've been shunned by conservative society in Washington, D.C., He wasn't even invited to this year's Heritage Foundation charity ball. The theme was, if you don't work, you don't eat under the sea. (laughs) But now there's an even bigger apostate. Former Bush speechwriter David Frum has been doom-crying about the GOP. You see, true believers know that there has never been a brighter time than right now for the GOP, or (laughs) G-Org. This health care bill is not a defeat. It's a disaster (laughs) opportunity to win back control of Congress in November.
8: Repeal and replace will be the uh, slogan
4: for the fall.
9: We can put the brakes on this. Repeal this bill.
4: We need to repeal
3: it.
9: We're going to repeal this bill. (laughs)
4: Yes. (laughs) Way to show them you don't need health care, Senator. Repeal (laughs) and replace is going to be as easy as taking candy from a baby. If the candy were medicine and the baby had a very bad illness. (laughs) But on the day the bill was passed, From Here wrote, Conservatives and Republicans today suffered their most crushing legislative defeat since the 1960s. We followed the most radical voices in the party and the movement, and they led us to abject and irreversible defeat. Not true the most radical voices in the movement never leave Glenn Beck's head. <laughs> and... For his heresy, Frum was fired from the conservative think tank the American Enterprise Institute, though AEI says they did not fire from. They simply decided to terminate his salary, office, benefits, and research assistance. <laughs> From resigned. I mean, you can do your job without a salary, an office, or benefits. It's been nearly 30 years since my protege, the professor, lost tenure at Columbia University, but he still lectures every day outside to a very inquisitive pile of used syringes. So, question is Do conservative dissenters face retribution like some cult? No. And anyone who disagrees with me should be viciously beaten by David Miscavige. (laughs) Folks, we cannot have loose cannons out there saying things like this.
2: Republicans originally thought that Fox worked for us, uh, and now we're discovering we work for Fox.
4: Not with that attitude, mister. (laughs) A man like that should not be given a forum to spread his lies. Here to spread his lies, please welcome former fellow of the American Enterprise Institute and conservative apostate, Mr. David Fromm. David, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Good to see you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. I have an iPad. Now, (laughs) sir, what is it like to get fired from a think tank for thinking outside of the tank?
2: Well, I have to correct you on something you said right off the bat, which is I am not a conservative apostate. I am a conservative and a Republican, and I remain one. Uh, No, you are not, sir. You have been
4: cast into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
2: (laughs) Well, I I, I don't accept the verdict of the membership committee.
7: Mm
4: -hmm. That's Uh, why you're tossed
2: out. (laughs)
4: You have to accept what the members say. That's conservatism. There is an authority. There is a... Everyone thinks one thing at a time. That's how you stop
2: health care. Well, we didn't, did we? Um, We No thanks to you, sir. Uh, We are facing, as conservatives and Republicans, the largest expansion of government since the New Deal. At a moment... At a time of economic distress that is... The worst since the second world war at a moment like this you have to use your head you cannot use sorry your gut um and if you insist on when has the head helped the conservative movement
4: (laughs) and don't say and don't say bill buckley because he just had a nice accent (laughs)
2: When I got involved with the conservative world in the, early, in the late 70s and early 80s, mm-hmm. it was above all an intellectual movement. It mm-hmm. was a diagnosis of where inflation came from and how to stop it, of why growth in the American economy had slowed down and how to reignite it, of why cities were crumbling and order was breaking down, and how to save cities and, and reassert security so that people could r- work and prosper and save and build families. And uh, we have a, a new era with new challenges. So, and
4: okay, so if we're not supposed to... Repeal and replace. Can we repeal and replace? Because that's the way forward, sir.
2: Repeal and replace is mathematically impossible.
4: Okay, but that's if you accept the numbers. <laughs> Remember? Karl Rove said, you have your math, I have the math.
2: If, if uh, to repeal and replace the bill, you would have to introduce a new piece of legislation and the yes. president would have to sign it. He will. won't do. He will. Uh, <laughs> when he doesn't, the Congress will have to override his veto. To do so, you need two-thirds in both houses of Congress. If the Republicans win every single Senate seat on the ballot in 2010, mm-hmm. they will still not have two-thirds. Constitutional
4: ma- amendment. Constitutional amendment. <laughs> uh,
2: that's, a, that's a good backup
4: plan. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I accept and, your apology. And, and,
2: and, and, I su- and I suppose there's always impeachment behind that. but It's uh, worked before. But, <laughs> But it's not. It's not going to happen. So, and what it, is the way forward? We have a we have a bill here that we could have shaped, um, not in the House of Representatives, where Nancy Pelosi was. But there's no part d- of the bill that Republicans believe in this this bill is sorry the dna of this bill it, it traces back to what mitt romney did in massachusetts and it traces back before that to the republican alternative to clinton care back in 1993 and 94 the the genealogy of these ideas there are a lot of things that are wrong with this bill and i would have voted no i want to make that very clear but where it was in its more formative stage last last year in the summer and fall we could have got the major things we wanted like no taxes on saving and work like no increase in medicaid which is a crushing burden on the states but instead like, like you less took regulation. The high road and kept your purity
4: okay because this much liberalism is like this much cancer you don't want any of it sir you must excise it from the body politic uh,
2: we lost the previous election and so we had to deal but we were misled you only lose if you accept the results well
4: let me just ask you this here's the ultimate thing have you at least learned that if the family has a problem you don't talk about it, and eventually the problem will go away. I, I
2: don't think I'll ever learn that lesson. Then I don't think they'll ever let you back in.
4: Thank you so much. David from the book is The Comeback.
0: Hi, everyone. I know you know by now that the members are absolutely the lifeblood of this show. In return for their support, I've been able to increase the schedule to 10 episodes per month. And this means that the members now are only paying 50 cents per episode to keep the show going. Now, if everyone within the sound of my voice sent in just 25 cents a month, that would be enough but in reality we all know that's not going to happen so just know that when you sign up for a membership at just five bucks a month you're actually supporting the show for yourself and 20 other people who maybe can't afford to pay so in return you actually have my gratitude and the gratitude of all of those who benefit from the service this show provides for details on membership please visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com thanks so much for your support
3: Sarah Palin, she so nailed it this weekend at Searchlight as Harry Reid was taking care of his wife with a broken neck and facial injuries from the terrible accident. The Tea Partiers went out to his hometown to tell America that they love the Constitution so much that, as Sarah Palin said, we don't need a president who is a constitutional—well, actually, here's the clip.
5: Vision for America is anchored in time-tested truths that the government that governs least governs best that the constitution provides the path to a more perfect union it's the constitution yeah that general welfare clause By the way, it's within our own borders in the homeland where we should feel so safe and not condone not um, condone any kind of violence. It's, it's within the homeland that we should feel safe, and that makes me want to say in these volatile times when we are a nation at war now more than ever is when we need a commander-in-chief, not a constitutional law professor lecturing us from a lectern.
3: Right. We love the Constitution. The Constitution is the most important thing. The Constitution has all the answers, but we don't need anybody who's an expert on the Constitution being our president. That would be a disaster. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, part of the, some some, uh, members of the Michigan Militia, those of you who listen to this uh, program for years know that When I was a teenager, I knew some guys in the Michigan militia, and uh, in fact, you know, sometimes I wonder, I I go back to Michigan and my brother, uh, my brother Steve has a, in his back, he lives way out in the middle of nowhere on a river near Grand Rapids, and he and Tam have uh, in their backyard a shooting range. And so we we go to one of the biggest uh, ammunition and gun stores in the entire state to buy our ammo. And I've had a few conversations with these guys, and I'm per, I would I would bet money that these that the that at least a few of the guys working there, at least the guy that told me that Obama was going to take away our guns, he was going to take away our ammunition, that you know all is uh, just. Basically said everything except you know what's a black man doing in the White House, and that was the subtext to everything else he was saying. Was uh, you know I, I would bet money this guy's in in one of the Michigan militias, or at least uh, not if not him, several of those guys actually. But apparently this this uh, subgroup of the Michigan militia, the Christian militia, Huttery or Huttery, H U T A R E E. I, says, I don't know these guys. I don't. I, I, maybe I do, and I just don't know that I do. But they have arrested a bunch of these guys. Nine members of the Christian Militia Group Huttery have been indicted on multiple charges involving an alleged plot to attack police, including seditious conspiracy and attempted use of weapons of mass destruction. Yes, they were putting together IEDs. They were going to kill a cop... And then, they, at the funeral for that police officer, they were going to kill more cops with IEDs. And these people think that they are patriots. The attack, in fact, this is the report over uh, by Justin Elliott over at Think Progress. The attack, in turn, would spark a more widespread Harper Ferry-style uprising against the government according to the general concept of operations described in the indictment. This is uh, two things. The Harper's, Harper's Ferry, of course, you know, the, 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 the uprising from the 1700s. But the—this the, uh, really, in my mind, evokes the Turner Diaries, the book that was Ted McVeigh's Bible. The Turner, the Turner Diaries, a novel that was written back in the 60s or 70s, in which a guy blows up a federal building in the Midwest— maybe even Oklahoma City, I I don't, it's been years since I read it, and he blows up this federal building, and the government then responds with this massive crackdown on the militia movement, starts going door to door, taking people's guns away, and so all the good white Protestant Christians stand up, you know, take their guns, and uh, start killing black people, start killing Jews, start, start killing Hispanics, and start killing anybody who works for the government. Now what's what's also interesting is that these guys also thought that they were fighting against the Antichrist. That's right, the Antichrist. The Antichrist, of course, being the guy who's president. Should all Tea Partiers be required to sign the pledge? You know how during the Reagan administration the Grover Norquist and, and his buddies came up with the pledge: "I will not raise taxes," and every politician had to sign the pledge. I think we need to start showing up at Tea Party rallies with signs that say, "No," that say, "Say no to socialism. Don't take Social Security money. Say no to socialism. Don't take Medicare money." Or, no to socialism, eliminate Social Security. Because that's the agenda these guys are working toward. And they don't realize it. I mean, it's just just incredible. There was an article in the New York Times over the weekend that uh, titled, with no jobs, plenty of time for Tea Party. When Tom Grimes, this is uh, Kate Zernicki wrote this. When Tom Grimes lost his job as a financial consultant 15 months ago, he called his congressman a Democrat for help getting health care. Then he found a new-time occupation, Tea Party activist. Mr. Grimes, who received Social Security, has filled the back seat of his Mercury Grand Marquis with literature of the movement, including Garrett Beck's Arguing with Idiots and Frederick Bastiat's The Law, which denounces public benefits as false philanthropy. Said Mr. Grimes... Keep in mind, who received Social Security. If you quit giving people that stuff, they'd figure out how to do it on their own. All right. Here's another one. Diane Reamer, 67. She's getting Social Security and Medicare. She's become a star in an effort by Freedom Works, the Tea Party group, now, they don't know that FreedomWorks is a front group funded by Dick Army, funded or, or run by Dick Army, funded by, by big lobbying companies and billionaires and, and foundations controlled by billionaires to fight the health care overhaul. One minute. She liked that the Tea Party was patriotic, too. She said the pledge, they sang the pledge, they said the pledge of allegiance and sang the national anthem. She said, she's now a national coordinator for Tea Party patriots. She also found community. She often wells up talking about her work. I'm respected, she said, her voice breaking. I don't know why. I don't know what's so special, but I'm willing to do it. Okay, so here's the pledge. All Tea Partiers should be required to sign. Loki wrote this uh, over at uh, CincyVoices.com. I will abstain from the use of and participation in any socialist goods and services, including but not limited to the following. Now, we should show up with a clipboard and say, will you sign this? I will abstain from the use of of Social Security, Medicare, state children's health insurance programs, police, fire, and emergency services, the socialist post office, the socialist roads and highways, the socialist air traffic system regulated by the socialist FAA, the socialist U.S. railway system, the socialist public subways and metro systems, the socialist public bus and light rail systems, the socialist rest areas on highways, the socialist sidewalks, the socialist government-funded local state projects, the socialist public water and sewer systems, the socialist public and state universities and colleges, the socialist primary and secondary schools, the socialist program Sesame Street, my children will never watch it again, the socialist public museums, the socialist libraries, the socialist public parks and beaches, the socialist state and national parks, the socialist public zoos, the socialist unemployment insurance, no more!
7: To be a joker, he just do what he please. Shoot.
11: Welcome back. We have some breaking news for you this morning. The FBI is now releasing new details about Alex Croft. He was the man that they arrested on Tuesday after it came to light that he had plans to assassinate the president.
9: An FBI spokesman told the press the plot was slowed down largely because of Croft's fears that the assassination would seem racist, when in fact he meant it to have nothing to do with President Obama's skin color.
11: Now, we understand that the FBI was tipped off in part by a videotape that Croft himself had made and distributed to major media outlets. We have a section of that tape to show our viewers right now.
1: I will personally destroy Barack Obama. And it's not because he's African-American. It's because of his socialist policies. Look, my sister's
11: married to a black guy. It's not a black and white thing. And then he went on to list all of his other African-American friends. In the small town of Hewitt, Vermont, Croft's neighbors are all expressing astonishment this morning, saying that Croft was quiet and mostly kept to himself, except when encountering a black person, when he would become exceedingly chatty, going so far as to invite complete strangers to hang out. Today Now's very own Jane Carmichael is right now standing by live in Washington, D.C. with the latest details for us. Good morning, Jane. Good
9: morning. Jane, tell us about this anti-government militia group he tried to get to help him. These guys seem pretty scary.
5: Yes, but apparently they turned Croft down because they were, quote, a little uncomfortable with some of the language Croft was using.
10: They come to one of our meetings and says, Obama must be killed. He's got a dark soul. And everyone was like, "Whoa, what does that mean, dark soul? And he's all like, nah, nah, that's not what I meant. but." got to tell you, it just didn't sit right with me.
9: Now, the FBI is saying Croft actually actually conceived and then abandoned several plans to kill President Obama.
5: That's right. Um, Croft's journal revealed that he had ruled out explosives for fear it might conjure up memories of the racially motivated Birmingham church bombings, mm-hmm. and he discounted using a gun because...
11: Martin uh, Luther King. Yeah,
5: yeah. exactly. I, mean, I see. Ultimately, to allay all suspicions of racism, Croft decided to shoot the president with a crossbow with a list of important black historical figures taped to the arrow. But the FBI apprehended Croft by the he was parked outside the White House in a car, blasting Sly and the Family Stone. Well, thanks for being with us, Jane. Thank you.
11: Now, Croft has also released a statement through his lawyers today, and I quote, It's Obama who should be in prison, not me, but I don't mean all black people belong in prison. I mean just him. Well, unless you've committed a crime, I mean it should be equal, end quote. And that's the latest on that.
6: and a lot of the other Republicans have been inciting the crowds that gather for Tea Party protests. Uh, some of the congressmen, not Michelle Bachmann, but some of the other Republicans came out and uh, they chanted and put up signs saying, kill the bill, kill the bill, with some you know, unfortunate imagery and then putting up the, uh, a flag encouraging revolution. Okay, they're in the Congress and they're encouraging revolution. And then we've seen it over and over again. And Eric Cantor then came out, and John Boehner did too saying, no, this is not the fault of the Republicans, as some of these protests got out of hand and then there was uh, bricks thrown through a couple of windows, and we've told you all about this before, the gas lines cut, and fake anthrax sent to the congressman, racial epithets uh, thrown at them, one congressman was spit on But all of this, apparently, according to Cantor and Boehner, were the Democrats' fault for passing such a bad bill they had it coming. Now, Michelle Bachman is going to add to that. Okay, she says it was Nancy Pelosi's fault for walking. Let's check it out.
9: Well, remember, President Obama brought his campaign manager back into the White House to sell this health care deal. And it, there's been a continuing mantra through the conclusion of trying to pass health care. Remember when Speaker Pelosi walked arm-in-arm arm in a civil rights march across Independence Avenue from the House buildings over to the Capitol? In three years, I have never seen Nancy Pelosi cross the street the way that you saw in that picture. They deliberately went in the, through that crowd, perhaps, to try and incite something, there were so many cameras there, Sean, no one recorded any racial motivation, and everything we 've heard in the last in the last week has had a racial tinge coming out of the democrat 's well, mouth, and there hasn 't been any racial activity
6: it, okay, as usual, the second half of that is a total lie. Uh, people have apologized, some have for calling the congressman racial epithets. Uh, and reporters were on the scene and absolutely positively heard it. So at the end, she just lies. Oh, well, you know, I wasn't on camera, so I guess it didn't happen. But the beginning part is what I love. I've never seen her cross the street like that before. Really? So she incited the crowd by walking across the street the wrong way. You didn't incite the crowd by saying things like this. This is a quote from Michelle Bachman from earlier. I want people in Minnesota armed and dangerous on this issue of the energy tax because we need to fight back. Thomas Jefferson told us having a revolution every now and then is a good thing. But that didn't incite anybody. Nancy Pelosi walking across the street the wrong way, well obviously that incited them. I mean she says it with a straight face. I'd say it's unbelievable except I've seen her do it a hundred times. So at this point, it's believable.
1: tonight with the story of ordinary people making a difference this weekend conservative activists kicked off the tea party express tour in searchlight nevada the one-horse tumbleweed-esque hometown of senate majority leader harry reid it presented the tea party's democratic rivals with two options a don't get in your cars and drive for many hours to a town so boring harry reid left it (laughs) so that you can chant idiotically at their moving buses, (laughs) or B, do that. (laughs) It is the subject of tonight's You're Not Helping. (laughs) Supporters of Harry Reid gathered on the side of a road to let the Tea Party protesters know in no uncertain terms that they do not share their viewpoint. Oh, and also there was this. Oh my God, they threw eggs. Throwing eggs. Lovely. They threw an egg at the bus. <laughs> really? You threw an egg at the Tea Party bus? Ooh, that'll show the bus driver who now has to get out and clean up the f-ing egg you threw. <laughs> bus driver finally pulls a sweet non-casino and/or non-party bus shift, <laughs> and you egg his bus wrong with this country? You, you, you pass a bill, people don't like, you get a brick through your window. Organize a rally, people don't like, your bus gets attacked. This is the current state of our political discourse. From now on, all political speeches in this country won't end with the phrase, may God continue to bless America. They'll end with this phrase. Who threw
6: eggs at the bus?
4: Baby, you threw eggs at
1: the bus. You know, I got to say... that is a question you almost never hear asked pleasantly. (laughs) Hey, everyone, can I just have everyone gather around just here for a second? Real quick, listen, you guys are great. One thing, who threw eggs at the box? (laughs) In case you were wondering, uh, I think the guy who threw the egg might be this guy here... (laughs) seen holding an egg and throwing position! who knows I don't want to disparage the guy maybe it was an Easter greeting gone awry (laughs) hey happy Easter I (laughs) know either way you're not helping
0: you can now support this podcast as easily as by shopping online the next time you need to make a purchase of just about anything simply visit bestofleft.com and use our amazon.com search box to find what you're looking for the search box is located right on the side of the website You can't miss it. When you make your purchase, we get a little commission. It's just another effortless, completely free way for you to help keep the show going strong. Thanks for your support.
12: In mid-February on this show, uh, we aired this piece of tape um, of a Tea Party leader in Washington State discussing Senator Patty Murray of Washington.
5: Watched the movie Lonesome Dove. What happened to Jake when he ran with the wrong crowd? What happened to Jake when he ran with the wrong crowd? He got hung. Well, that's what I want to do with Patty Murray.
12: What happened to Jake when he ran with the wrong crowd? He got hung. That's what I want to do with Patty Murray. Uh, That happened at a Tea Party event in Washington State in mid-February. Today, a Washington State man was arrested uh, for his threats to kill Senator Patty Murray. He's a 63-year-old Yakima, Washington man. He was reportedly so enraged by his opposition to health reform that his regular litany of what were described as vulgar and abusive messages for Senator Murray turned explicitly violent and threatening when health reform passed. Quote, there's a target on your back now. It only takes one piece of lead. Kill the expletive, Senator. Now that you've passed your health care bill, let the violence begin. Quote, I hope somebody gets through your security and blows your expletive brains out. Quote, I hope somebody puts an expletive bullet between your expletive eyes. Quote, I want to expletive kill you. Quote, I do believe that every one of you expletive socialist, democratic, progressive expletives needs to be taken out. The FBI managed to find and arrest the caller who left those messages this morning. They are charging him with threatening a federal official. After getting a subpoena to trace the man's blocked telephone number, an FBI agent called the man's phone number and pretended to be from the anti-health reform group Patients United Now. You'll remember that Patients United Now is part of Americans for Prosperity, the Koch industry-funded group that spent a good deal of the last year organizing those "Hands Off My care rallies. Well, during the of that call from the FBI agent. The affidavit in this case says the suspect, quote, repeatedly expressed his strong dislike for the recent health care reform legislation and, quote, confirmed that he regularly placed calls to Senator Murray's and Senator Maria Cantwell's offices. He also told the FBI agent that, quote, I do pack, as in I carry a gun, and I will not blink when I'm confronted, and that is a guarantee. It's not a threat. It's a guarantee. I pack a 38, and if somebody says, I will not blink. He will not blink. The FBI determined that the man did indeed have a 38 revolver that was registered to him. He also had a valid concealed weapons permit. Today, also, Congressman John Lewis of Georgia released a sample of what he has faced from opponents of health reform. This is a voicemail that Congressman Lewis released today.
1: I ain't getting a health insurance. That's God. and I'm told, tell me I got to get some kind health insurance. I ain't paying
10: a fine. So Come put my ass in jail. You don't like it. All them other, all them other voted for and that Obama and all them white trash honkies that voted for that
1: communist socialist uh, dumb mother. I get getting a god mandatory health insurance, dumb mother. God a god bunch of, of n- white trash honkies, some of communist vote for the I ain't fight no god. War, so i could be forced to do something i don't want to do so f- all y'all n- f- you john lewis god f- worthless communist n-
12: we also learned today of an arrest in Texas after a 27-year-old man declared that he intended to use deadly force to stop abortions from being provided at a specific named clinic that provides abortions in Dallas, Texas. Oddly, the man made the threat in a court filing. He was trying to file a complaint against the Supreme Court demanding that the Supreme Court make abortion illegal immediately. In this hoop filing, the man said, quote, I will try to stop an abortion using oral words, and if words are not enough, I will use physical force if necessary. And if anyone tries to physically stop me, I will overcome that force. And if I must use deadly force to defend the innocent life of another human being, I will. The man then stated that he was headed to this clinic in Dallas. He was arrested. He has been charged with transmitting an interstate communication containing a threat and using a threat of force to intimidate the employees of a reproductive health services provider. And that last one is a law that only exists because of the organized and extreme longstanding anti-abortion movement in this country, a portion of which preaches force and intimidation to get what they want. In the midst of this climate right now in the country, conservative gun rights advocates are uh, organizing armed shows of force in state capitals around the country, culminating with what they say they wish could be an armed march on Washington on April 19th of this year. April 19th of this year, of course, not only the anniversary of the Waco disaster, not only the anniversary of the start of the American Revolution, but most recently the anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing by anti-government extremist, militia-affiliated gun rights enthusiasts. Timothy McVeigh. That bombing was on April 19th, 1995. There will be an armed group marching on April 19th of this year in Virginia, just across the Potomac from downtown Washington, D.C. They say they're getting as close as they can legally get to Washington with loaded weapons. Simultaneously, on the grounds of the Washington Monument, there will be the Second Amendment March, unarmed but only reluctantly so. As a lead up to that event on the Oklahoma City anniversary, the Second Amendment march group is holding an armed march in Virginia at the state capitol in Virginia. The featured speaker is Virginia's attorney general, Ken Cuccinelli, who, of course, is the right-hand man of of Virginia Republican Governor Bob McDonnell, who today declared April to be Confederate History Month in Virginia. It is news days like this that remind me that when somebody says to you, may you live in interesting times, they probably mean it as a curse.
7: Mr. to sing
4: be it for me to stand in judgment, I prefer to sit. This is tip of the hat, wag of the finger. (laughs) Earlier this week, federal agents made a dramatic arrest in Michigan.
3: Seven of nine members of a Christian militia group entered pleas of not guilty today on charges they plotted to kill police officers. All
4: nine are members of the Hutari militia. That's right, the Hutari militia. Not to be confused with the Atari Militia. (laughs) Our last line of defense against the asteroid menace. Oh, it's out there. Now, here's the deal. The Atari see the local police as foot soldiers for the federal government, which itself is part of a New World Order working on behalf of the Antichrist. And the word Atari itself means Christian warriors in some secret made-up language they use when they're out in the woods. They're like Nell with rocket launchers. <laughs> and, and these people plan to kill a cop, then bomb the funeral, sparking an uprising against the government. So no surprise, folks, a big wag of my finger at the Hutari for making heavily armed apocalyptic Christian militias look bad. <laughs> because there, there are some good militias out there. Just listen to federal prosecutor Barbara McQuaid explain how they caught these crazies.
9: There were some mainstream militia people who participated in this group who, um, you know, alerted people that this is a a group that's really gone beyond mainstream militia and is really planning activities that is not mainstream militia. Right. (laughs)
4: Let's not forget, since Obama became president, militias have gone mainstream. In the last two years, they've tripled from 42 to 127. Take my militia, the warriors of Biblicon. We are totally mainstream. we just like to get together in the woods, wear camo and face paint to share Christian fellowship and ammunition. We're not out there plotting. We're just preparing. You know, preparing for something mainstream. We will be ready.
6: local insurgents here in the country, in our country, in America. Uh, They are called militias. And a group uh, just got called a Hutari, just got arrested, nine of them. Uh, They were a Christian militia organization, and they had this uh, plan where they were going to lure in a police officer, either through a 911 call or some other means, and they were going to kill him. They were going to assassinate him. And then after they killed him, uh, they figured they'd police would have a funeral for of course they would, and then they would go and plant uh, pipe bombs uh, at the funeral and kill a whole bunch of police officers. In their crazy heads, what they were going to do was they were going to start a war with the American government. And once they started killing all those cops, that it was going to encourage others to do that, and that the cops were the representatives of the government, and that was the right place to strike. Crazy stuff, right? Um, One thing that I get out of this is, remember when... Uh, The Obama administration had a report that came out from Homeland Security that said, hey, watch out for right-wing groups. They seem to be growing in size, and they are militant and uh, highly weaponized. And when that report came out, you remember, conservatives lost it. They were like, how dare you? I can't believe this is so political. How could you possibly say the right-wing would ever do this? because they are. They're arming now. We see it. We're tracking it, right? So they were outraged. The reason I bring that back up now is, okay, that's predictable. Do you remember what the Obama administration's response was? They pulled a report. You see, that's what I'm talking about with the fundamental weakness of the Obama administration. They were 100% right with that report. They were, in fact, they should have been even more concerned than they were. Since that report, there was the right-wing killer that killed uh, Dr. George Tiller, the abortion provider. There was the right-wing killer that went in uh, to the Holocaust Museum, killed a guard, right? There was the right-wing guy in Pittsburgh that killed the police, just like these militia guys were planning to kill the police. There's another case in Florida. There's a case in Maine. Uh, And the list goes on and on. There's the guy who ran uh, the plane into the IRS building, you know, you can't easily categorize him as right-wing or left-wing, but he was certainly anti-government, right? And then the recent anti-government attack again, and now you have the militia, et cetera. Man, that, if anything, that Homeland Security report was understated. There has been a deluge of people coming. And this is, goes, the reason they wrote the report early on in the administration because it had already started. There's a case of the guy uh, who just got convicted, white supremacist Daniel Cowart. Who was planning to assassinate, along with a friend of his, they were planning to assassinate Obama. That they were going to go on some sort of crime spree all across the nation, and then the crime spree, and they were going to shoot black people all over the country, and then they were going to wind up uh, killing Obama at that. And he just got convicted for that, okay? So it's, it was building and building and building. And what was the response of the Obama team? We're so sorry. We're so sorry. We'll withdraw the report. I mean, look, you can't give in every time the right wing says boo. You, I mean, people don't even respect that. That's, I mean, as a politician, that's a dumb move. They don't like politicians that bow their heads to the opposition all the time. And you did in this case, and it was wrong. Now, thank God the authorities in this case, the FBI, uh, did not let them affect them. And they found out about this group. They did some great uh, investigations here. And let's be very clear about this. When I say you should be wary of these groups and you should investigate them, I don't want it to be like the Bush investigations. First of all, the Bush investigations just investigated everybody on the left, whether they were militant or not. The famous cases are they investigated the Quakers. The whole point of the Quakers is to be peaceful. They investigated vegans. But they don't eat meat, so what? They're going to blow something up? It was crazy, right? I don't want us doing that. I don't want the Obama administration just investigating right-wing groups because they're on the right wing. No, you have to have real reason to believe that they're militant or might do some sort of act of violence. And I certainly don't want them doing what Bush did, warrantless surveillance, and saying, oh, okay, well, I don't have probable cause, but I'm going to do surveillance on that uh, group, and I'm going to tap their phones, and I'm going to send in spies uh, that's going to infiltrate their group. No. You have to have probable cause. You have to believe in our justice system, okay? But if you have that cause, well, then you can't be afraid. You can't hesitate. Investigating these, do it the right way, do it the American way. But when you do, don't back down. You have to go and find these guys before they kill. And in this case, they were going to kill cops. And next, and they've been throwing the bricks through the windows of the Democratic politicians, etc. You got to, you got to get ahead of this, man. And in this case, the FBI did a great job, and I hope they continue. And I hope the administration does not muzzle them or does not hold them back because this is a. Not just the Hutari; it's uh, now militia groups are already four to five times larger they w- than they were before Obama took office. There's an explosion in these militia groups. Not all the militia groups are bad. Not certainly not all of them are planning violence. But generally speaking, we've seen a history of this in America. Some of them certainly do, as the Hutari did, as a guy who was in a militia by the name of Tim McVeigh did you got to get out ahead of this.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I am thrilled to be, uh, you know, not quite done, but uh, really, really over the hump about talking about healthcare you know, obviously there's, there's going to be more to to say about it in in the coming weeks and months and, and beyond. But, uh, but it's great to kind of be past that because I was looking, I was taking a little bit of a long view on the show, uh, you know, looking out and, and seeing what's coming up and without healthcare dominating the national conversation, I can now foresee, uh, you know, such a range of shows coming up. I mean, and and, and this may span almost the entire spectrum. But I, you know, so I, I can see in, in the coming weeks shows on economics, education, climate change, foreign policy, media, religion, gay rights, and then of course some more sprinkled in about healthcare. And you know that 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 might be the entire range uh, of topics this show generally covers, you know, if I, if I miss any, uh, let me know. But that's so exciting to (laughs) now that, now that the conversations opened up a little bit uh, you know, there's such a nice variety of things to talk about. And so I was, I was looking at this list and, and getting kind of excited about doing all these different shows on all these different topics. And I was looking at them and thinking, you know, like kind of the bigger picture of things and progress in the country and like, you know, healthcare, it's its okay, it's not great, but we're making progress and, you know, moving on to the next issue. And, uh, talk, you know, thinking to myself about the eternal struggle of, of being a, a, a forward-thinking, liberal-minded person, someone who, uh, you know, is never satisfied with the status quo, always because we want to make things better. You know, always trying to move forward. As good as things may be, you always want it to be better, so you find yourself, you know— in in the moment always disappointed and i was looking at this list of things thinking you know oh but you know things are so much better now than they were and you know the the arc of the universe is long but it bends towards justice and like look how much better we are at at economics you know we learned all the all the lessons of the past and and we have such a better uh you know understanding oh wait a second no no not not really so much well, you know, but foreign policy—like we we learned the lessons of foreign policy. You know, uh, you know we've we've been in in bad wars before, but we're you know these days we're so much better at not accidentally going into a war that ends up in a quagmire. Well, okay, no, not not so much. Well, but like take the media, like the media, you, you know, it, you know it's it's so much. Um, it, it understands its role as really being you know the the fourth estate and and uh you know understands the necessity for a strong and independent media to really take on the government and really put the good of the people above profit well, yeah not not so much um, hmm. so i kind of i I kind of started out being excited, and step by step was ever so mildly less excited. As as I went along, and and then it it reminded me of uh, my nephew asked me a few weeks ago. He's like, man, I don't know how you consume as much news as you do. He's like, man, if if I uh, you know if I if I accidentally watch too much news, I I want to like put my fist in someone's face. It's uh, you know it it just makes me so frustrated. I don't know how you uh, how you do what you do. And I thought about it and I said, you know, I've thought of that myself uh, because the news, uh, from a liberal perspective, I mean, from any perspective, if you're a conservative, then the world is marching forward and you don't want it to. So you're incredibly frustrated about that. And if you're a liberal, then you want the world to march forward and it's not doing it nearly fast enough. So that's really frustrating. And so I thought, you know, as someone who, who consumes as much uh, news and media as I do, like, yeah, it can be pretty frustrating. But what is it that, that allows me to kind of stay sane? and do this and and the answer is this show the fact that i have an outlet to you know uh, take in all this news that can drive a person crazy but uh but ha- I, I you know i have a way to you know kind of express myself and put my own take on the news and you know it's it's, it's the absolute bedrock principle of this show is oh my god did you hear this you have to hear this and so, and I get to do that, and I take all these clips that I think, oh my, you have to hear this, and then I send it out to, you know, thousands of my closest friends, that being you guys, and, and so I, I, I was thinking, all of this went through my head in just a couple of minutes, um, just a couple of minutes ago before I started talking, and and I thought, you know, I really hope that you have some sort of outlet, you know, I, I really, really encourage you to because news can drive a person absolutely crazy so um, I just thought I would pass on my secret for for staying sane in the hopes that you you may go out there and have some way any way to engage in this process because you know I, I thought of it um, when my nephew asked me that I, I I kind of described to him I was like you know I'm I'm more like a filter for the news rather than a receptacle because if I was just a receptacle of news I would fill up until I was full and then I would explode Uh, but as a filter I can kind of allow the news to pass through me it comes in and goes out so my you know my thoughts on that for you you know at the very least get out there and bypass the small talk sometime go have a really genuinely interesting conversation and, uh, and get, get some of this stuff off your chest. It, you'll feel much better. Now, just a little bit of quick house cleaning. Uh, this is the last time you're going to hear me say that you should go check out and vote for The Young Turks at vote.streamies.org. Voting ends on April 11th. So get to that. Vote every day for them for the Audience Choice Award over there. Uh, huge thanks to and, uh further encouragement for everyone who has voted and is thinking about voting for the show at podcast alley. Of course that's something that we do every month excuse me and uh, and think it's going really well this month. If the votes keep flowing in this month then we have a chance at you know sticking it out in like the top five uh, over there the top 10 list so that's great. Uh, I certainly hope that you will check that out see how easy it is and then just you know make a, make an easy habit of it to support the show every month voting there. I want to thank a couple of members who absolutely make the show possible, uh, you know, by financially supporting the show. Uh, Paul C. uh, signed up for his membership back in January on, uh, on January 13th and has been sticking with the show ever since. And James L. signed up on February 11th and went ahead and signed up for a full year in advance. So, you know, huge thanks to both of those members and every member who's ever signed up. Uh, they are the ones who uh, make this show possible, and especially the fact that it's coming out ten times a month now. I just that's something that would be an absolute impossibility without the the financial support of members and also individual donors who just want to make a one time uh, drop in the tip jar there. For all the ways that you can support the show, including completely free ones, check out the support box at bestoftheleft.com, uh, which includes a, a great Amazon. Box where you can go and search for anything you want, uh, you know, and then click through to their website, and then this show actually gets a little commission, and so and that's been working really well, and doesn't cost you anything, uh, you know, it's just uh, a really simple way to uh, to send a couple of bucks our way. So that's it for today. Keep telling everyone you know to check out the show, uh, to be connected with the show between episodes and and even help spread the word about it online. You can check us out at facebook.com slash bestoftheleft and twitter.com slash bestoftheleft, whichever you prefer. And then for details on the show, including links to all the sources and all the music used, all that's posted on the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you ten times a month. Thanks entirely to the members and donors from Best right. of the only
7: maker that you wanna... shadow paces before, we take you out any open door, this is not my life, it's just a fond farewell to a friend.
8: Hi, my name is Mike. Could I have your ears for a real short rant? This message is totally unsolicited. In fact, the only way you could be hearing my message right now is because Jay heard this very same recording and gave me a little space, so thanks, Jay. Hey, talk about penny-pinching in this economy. I've whittled down a normal middle-class existence to my current bare-bones income, and I do it on early Social Security retirement. That's 25% less than regular Social Security. $5 is a lot of money to me, but I consider it important enough to give those dollars to Jay every month to further his great program, the twice-weekly Best of the Left podcast. So if you could possibly squeeze a subscription into your budget, do it. Hey, if I can come up with a fiver every month, I think most people can. And if you can't, keep listening, do those free things that Jay asks you to do, and then subscribe when you can. Thanks.